Nice. So Tivoli Gardens, like what are the what are the attractions like in comparison to like theme parks here in the US? Is this like a Disney level of attraction or is this like a county fair? It reminded me very much of like a county fair. I mean, there okay. were definitely some people in our group that looked at some rides and thought, what are the safety concerns? And I was like, I grew up in the country. This is all good. I'm going <laughs> on all the rides. <laughs> <laughs> back everybody to this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and sam we got friends again we got yes. friends friends I on board it. friends I on do. board yeah. i know i love it i wish that we were on board with them because it sounds yeah. like they had a pretty cool itinerary and a pretty amazing cruise despite a couple of hiccups that we'll talk about on the show but brian do you have a review you want to read before we introduce our lovely guests you want a review? You want positive feedback about our show? Yeah, I want to hear good stuff about myself. I want I want compliments. <laughs> All right. So, well, I do, in fact, have a five-star review for you this week. And it comes from Blackhorse36, who writes, The best podcast for Disney Cruise Line reviews and news. Brian and Sam are truly the dynamic duo. Ooh. Whether you are a regular Disney cruiser new to DCL or are just coming by to learn and gain some insight on cruising with Mickey, this is the right place to listen. They provide a quality show that is honest, funny, and informative. These two do a great job leading fellow cruisers through the fun of cruising with Disney, and they dive into the things on board that everyone is talking about. They discuss DCL itineraries, news, review recent trips with fellow cruisers, and much more. I enjoy listening to them each week and know you will too. Well, thank you, Black Horse 36. You can't tell right now because we're not recording the video, but Sam is smiling from ear to ear. Yes, you like me. You really like me. <laughs> yes, everyone loves you, Sam. Everyone loves you, Sam, as always. But let's welcome our guests to the show. Let me throw it over to you, Sam. Welcome our guests into the show because it's time to get started and talk about another fabulous cruise experience. All right. I love that. Thank you, Black Horse 36. Welcome to the show, Howie and Martha. You have been on our show before, but you've got to remind folks about your cruising credentials. You guys have some great cruise experience. We loved having you on previously. We're so happy you're back. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. We are so excited to be back. Absolutely. Thanks for having us again. We didn't flub up too bad the first time, I guess. <laughs> so we <laughs> round two. <laughs> you know, That's like, yeah, we've cruised a few times. I'll let Martha go down that list. Um, this one was our eighth cruise. So we this is we were on the dream. So this completed our Fab Five. So we were very excited about that. We've done Eastern, Southern, Western Caribbean. We've done Northern Europe was this one. And we've done a Mediterranean cruise. We've done Star Wars Day at Sea, Maritime, Halloween on the High Seas. And we've done two Adventures by Disney short escapes that we've done before cruises. We're DVC members. Our home resorts are Animal Kingdom and Grand Floridian. And then just multiple Disney World stays. And then... Hopefully this summer, our finally will rescheduled COVID Disneyland trip is coming. Oh, yay. Oh, I'm excited for you guys to get to Disneyland. I think you'll love it. Well, I'm so excited first to talk to you guys about Adventures by Disney because the last time we had you guys on, we actually did talk about your short escape before your med cruise. And we talked, of course, about your med cruise. But this time around, we're talking Copenhagen and Northern Europe. So ABD short escape in Copenhagen and then Northern Europe cruise that left from Copenhagen. 
let's start by asking like why this cruise, why this short escape, what was tempting for you all for this particular trip? I think for this one, it was ports we've never been to and we've never been to Copenhagen. So just wanted to try something new and we really wanted to get all the ships in. So when the dream went over to Europe, we just knew that we had to pick an itinerary to to get on the ship because previously the dream was doing short itineraries and we would like longer ones. So we hadn't been on her before. So we that was our main our main drive for for picking this one. Awesome. And it is a fantastic itinerary. And of course, it's summertime. It was summertime when you cruise, so kids are out of school. Why don't you tell us? We know, but why don't you tell our listeners who all is in your sailing party and who was on this trip? Sure, we have three boys: um, Matthew, Philip, and Thomas. Uh, Matthew is uh, ten, going on eleven. Uh, Philip is uh, thirteen, and then Thomas is seventeen. So good age ranges, but uh, Thomas is getting close to flying the coop and. <laughs> We're enjoying as much time as we can with him. Oh, that's so nice. I love that. All right. So you guys headed across the pond, as we say, over to Europe. Did you stop anywhere before heading to Copenhagen or did you head straight there? We live in Virginia. So what we did is we actually drove to D.C. and then we did a nonstop flight to Copenhagen. We've had layovers before that were not the best experience. So our goal was a nonstop flight if we could do it. So that's that's how we ended up. Awesome. And when you get to Copenhagen, did you start your short escape immediately or were you there for any time before? Obviously, you're there before the cruise by a couple of days because you've got the short escape schedule. But what was sort of your plan when you arrived? So, yeah, they picked us up right away. It started basically that evening. And we always tend to do this. We fly in. It ends up being early in the morning when we get there. We're like, oh, let's go walk around. Then an hour after walking around, we're like, okay, we're exhausted. So let's go back to the hotel and see if our room's ready, which it never is. So then we <laughs> fall asleep in the lobby. And that tends to speed them up a little bit when you have five people <laughs> sitting. Lobby, you know? <laughs> and one of our ABD guides uh, comes over and, and she goes, well, because there's five of us, they had to give us two, two rooms at the Tivoli Hotel there. So they're like, well, one of the rooms is ready. The other one is not. We can get you to that one. I'm like, sold. So let's go rotate and take some naps and showers and all that stuff. And then we'll be ready for our initial welcome dinner that night. Oh, awesome. Nice. Now, location of the hotel and what which hotel, like, did you like the location? Obviously, it's one that ABD chose, not one that you all selected on your own. So it's kind of a no brainer. But yeah, tell us about the hotel in particular. So the the Tivoli Hotel has a lot of historical significance and and ABD tries to, it seems like, tries to pick the most famous or infamous hotels for that area. The problem with that is they're not always the best hotels in the area. (laughs) They haven't been updated or, you know, they may be in the process of updating those. So Tivoli Hotel has a lot of great history, but it definitely was not as conveniently located as some of the other hotels like in regards to like Tivoli Gardens and all that. But it, it certainly was fine. I mean, the European rooms in general are smaller, so you have to go with that in mind and recognize that you're not going to have as much storage space and, and room to spread out. Unfortunately, instead of cramming five of us in one room, they were able to split between two rooms and that worked out just fine. So they were at least able to accommodate three people in one of the rooms, so they weren't completely two-person rooms. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I will say to keep in mind the ages of our kiddos, our oldest was 17. The rooms in this hotel are not adjoining. So he was able to take his older brother and be in a room 
and we were able to take our youngest kiddo and stay with us. But if you have a larger family and all your children are very, very young, then you might have to reconfigure how the adults are sleeping. Now, on paper, that wasn't the case. One of us was in one room, one of us was in the other. So right. any ABD folks listening, just ignore that last statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, of course, uh, adults, and that's the same on DCL, right? Ad- you have to have one adult in yeah in each of the rooms and so even if your sleeping arrangements might look different than what your booking arrangements look like but on the books it needs to be one adult in in rooms particularly with younger children and even even for adults i think it's on dcl i think it's even like 21 if the other people in the stateroom are minors like eight an 18 year old can stay by themselves in a stateroom but they can't stay with their younger sibling 18 and 14 something like that yeah exactly. i'm curious were these adjoining rooms though at least i mean no, Europe, the hotel rooms can be yeah okay no that's what they said they're not that. adjoining yeah, they yeah. Side by side so we could easily and then we traded key cards so they had a key card to get to our room and we had a key card to get to theirs so we we were able to go back and forth but they they were not adjoining. There was no in connecting rooms. We had to go out of the room and to their room. Now, the nice thing about the Tivoli, I will say, each floor had a common area with you know, a couple sofas and chairs to lounge around. And so we could sit out in that little comfortable area and relax a little bit if we wanted to. But in the rooms themselves, it was basically beds, bathroom, shower, and maybe one chair. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very, very small. Yeah, like you said, European rooms, just not what we see in American hotels. All right, so let's talk about the short escape. How long was it? You obviously have your welcome dinner the first night. Was that at the hotel or was that elsewhere? And then we'll start talking, obviously, about the next day. The welcome dinner was at the hotel. It was, and I'll back up, when you first get to the hotel, you do meet your ABD guides and they kind of go over if there's any dietary concerns. I have a food allergy. We kind of went over that we have one son that's on the spectrum. If you know, and they kind of get to know everybody and kind of what your goals are, if there's any accommodations that they they need to make. Like for us, we never got our luggage tags for our cruise. And it took the whole short escape, but they they finally got us some luggage tags. So anything like that, you kind of let them know that when you first arrive. But the first dinner was at the hotel. It was a buffet, which is works great because then whatever allergies, you just kind of went to the station that you could eat. And they introduce themselves, everyone in the ABD group, there's 25 people. And then you introduce each other. It was probably 50-50 as far as the group that were going on the cruise with us. And then some were just doing the short escape on its own. And that's the first night. No, oh, interesting. I hadn't really thought about the fact that there might be folks who weren't actually going on the cruise in your group. Yeah, it just didn't really occur to me. But I guess, yeah, you can. You don't have to pair it with a cruise. It just pairs nicely with a cruise, obviously. Yeah, I never thought of that either. And I was like, well, it kind of worked out. Like one couple was from Chicago. They they were already doing a European kind of tour themselves. They're so like, oh, let's throw this in at the end. Mm-hmm. Where they flew into Copenhagen to end out their, their European trip. And then another lady, that's all she does is she does short escapes. She goes by herself. Her family usually doesn't want to go. Oh, interesting. Surprised. And so she came, she came, she did it, and then she flew back to the States right afterwards. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. So how long is this, this short escape? It starts on one evening, but how many full days do you get? So it's three nights. Most short escapes are three nights. It ends up being about really three days. They call it four days, but it kind of works out to be three days. So we fly in, 
you know, really don't have a lot to do. You can go out on your own, of course, on the first day mm-hmm. and the welcome dinner that night. And then they kind of walk you through the next day. They let you know that the official official itinerary that they sent us before, that's more of a guide and a suggestion versus the actual <laughs> uh, order of events. So they're like, just be prepared for things to change and for surprises to be thrown in there. And, and it worked out just fine from that standpoint. So, so we started bright and early the next day and kind of just kicked it off. Awesome. So what, what were the events of that day? The first day we did a canal boat tour and they took us to the Little Mermaid statue, which was like a highlight for me. And then we did a walking tour of Copenhagen and then they took us to Tivoli Gardens and that one, they, we had lunch at Tivoli Gardens and then they gave us a wristband so that we could go on any and all of the rides. And we, it was good for like the whole day. So at that point, you were kind of on your own. So if you just wanted to do one ride and go back to the hotel, you could. But if you wanted to park it up and be there all night, you could have done that too. Awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. The canal boat tour, it was interesting. You, you saw all the canal boats going by and they were packed. I mean, just local mm-hmm. uh, folks there. Uh, for us, they got a one of the canal boats that they usually would pack out. And it was just the 25 of us and the two guides going around. So oh wow, definitely you get a little private kind of tour experience from that standpoint. And then Tivoli Gardens, you know, they have the, well, they claim it's the world's oldest wooden roller coaster there. So yeah, well, they managed to kind of walk us in the exit and, and let us ride it a couple of times and jump the line. Yeah. You got a little fast pass uh, or lightning lane action VIP style. So we went around, they like, do you want to go again? We're like, of course we want to go again. So, <laughs> so we went around again and then we, after that, we were kind of, we went to lunch and then had the day to ourselves, like Martha was saying. Nice. So Tivoli Gardens, like what are the, what are the attractions like in comparison to like theme parks here in the U.S.? Is this like a Disney level of attraction or is this like a county fair? It reminded me very much of like a county fair. I mean, there okay. were definitely some people in our group that looked at some rides and thought, what are the safety concerns? And I was like, I grew up in the country. This is all good. I'm going on all the rides. <laughs> yeah, if I didn't fall out of a tree, I'm going to be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, it's resting on cinder blocks, but it'll be just fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, it's interesting though, Walt Disney himself spent a lot of time there and he got some of the original concepts of you know, kind of setting the stage for people to be enclosed and not seeing the outside world based on the design of uh, Tivoli Garden. So, you know, really, you can see some of the flair that Disney has pulled away uh, from their visit to Tivoli Garden Center. Now, certainly at the same time, it's not to the scale of Disney. Right. But it's kind of nice when you're walking around in lush green areas and trees and brush and and just a little more intimate environment. So you mm-hmm. can... Definitely tell they kind of took that and ran with it a little bit. Yeah, I love that inspiration. Yeah. Now, after lunch, did you all return to Tivoli Gardens to keep doing some rides or did you guys explore on your own or were you just tuckered out at that point? We did the rides. We we did as long as my kids were standing upright. I'm like, let's do it because I don't know when yeah. we'll ever go back. My boys are not really into the Scandinavian diet. So we left a little bit early and just went for the hunt for anything that looked American. So along the canal, we saw it was called the Little Green Island. And it was a little floating restaurant that did wood burning pizzas. I was going to say you have to find pizza, right? Like that's like, because pizza, it doesn't matter where you are in Europe. I feel like you can find like 
Italian style pizza, you know, the really thin crust pizza and you j- just cheese and sauce, right? And most kids are okay with that. Yeah, it was perfect. I mean, we had found that place. Martha and I had gone for a walk the, the evening before after dinner and we found that place. I'm like, that's a place we're going to hit up when, when we have dinner on our own. So, because it was kind of a nice little pub feel, easy going, laid back. You can tell a bunch of locals would go there. So it was kind of nice to get away and not do just touristy stuff. Well, and that's a, you know, a good point though, that you bring up Martha about just, you know, food in general in Europe and it being different, but, you know, in particular, the Scandinavian food, much more different. Like Americans are more accustomed to Italian food. Let's be honest. We eat more Italian food. We don't eat a lot of Scandinavian food, but that sort of helps with like obviously being on the cruise ship you know you don't have to really eat when you're off the ship but in when you're on one of these abds you are eating in local restaurants and not all of your meals were included it sounds like but what what is it like 50 percent or so probably more than that at least two meals every day were included okay um, you probably really weren't hungry enough to eat much more than that <laughs> but yeah you no know, i the kids were definitely you know the, they were kind of done with some of the scandinavian food the lunch Actually, it was in Tivoli Garden, which wasn't bad. It was, it was fine, but they, you could tell they wanted to break already from kind of cuisine. So what did you guys do then that evening where you, I mean, at that point, you probably are tuckered out, right? You've had a full day at the, between the canal tour and the park and, of course, hunting for food. Um, did you round out the day with any evening activities? We d- we got the kids in bed and then Howard and I just took advantage of the fact that we have an older kiddo. And just walked along the canal and just had some time, just the two of us to kind of take in the sights. That's so nice. Yeah. I can't wait for that day. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about, Sam? We just went for a run this afternoon, just the two of us, while our son played Xbox or whatever it was at home. (laughs) Yes, but but that's a little different in our own house. I'm not sure we'd do that in a foreign city. I'm not sure you'll feel like home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's talk about day number two. Is it another, or I'll say full day number two. Is it another early morning? And what'd you get up to that day? All the mornings are very early. They pack in as much as they can, which I appreciate because you get a short amount of time and they really try to get in all the highlights. This was my favorite day because I love the Viking history. So we did a Viking ship museum where you actually got in a little Viking boat and they had us row out and put up the sails. It was so much fun for me. I don't, I might have been outnumbered in my family, but <laughs> I had the best day. That sounds awesome. I felt like a real Viking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Including the storm rolling in. Uh, Howie, I take it you didn't love it then, or no, you did? We, we had a great time, except for the lady in front of me hit me with the oar a couple times, but that's. <laughs> yeah. that's okay. <laughs> Probably deserved it a little bit. She, she claimed <laughs> accidentally, but we all know otherwise. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, uh, and I'm sure Martha was like, just hit him again. It'll be <laughs> one more day. One more time. <laughs> Knock some sense into him. But we, we had a great time um, just you know, piloting the, I mean, I guess it was um, probably a 12-man boat. So it wasn't a full-size Viking ship, obviously, but it was one that they would routinely use or designed like a one, a one they would routinely use. So we... Use the oars. We got out of the little you know, area right there. That they, harbor. The, yeah, it wasn't even really a harbor. I'm not even sure what to call it. But So we oared out, and then we got to the point we could raise the sail. And that was a little bit of a challenge for some folks, but we finally got there and, and were able to sail around a little bit. So it was kind of fun. And then on the way back, 
storm clouds rolled in and thunder and lightning. And it was off in the distance enough that here in the U.S., we're like, okay, we would normally go in now. And there they're like, man, this is normal weather for us. So <laughs> it's kept going around for a little while. And then we finally came back in. So it was fun. We had a good time. Sounds like Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't like stay out and about in the wintertime when it's raining, like we would just never be outside <laughs> when it's gloomy and raining. But that's, like I said, that's that's Seattle. So <laughs> how was the food on, on day two? I mean, where did they take you on, on or this full day too? I, I'm saying day two, but I you know it's actually day three. Well, every morning we had breakfast at the hotel. So they gave us, I, I guess it's kind of a club level or concierge level access. So you would go up to the, to the concierge lounge and have breakfast, which was pretty Americanized. So that was pretty good. And the kids always enjoyed that part. And then uh, for lunch, we were at the Viking Museum. There was a restaurant right there beside the museum. And, and they had a, you know, it's funny, they had American food on the menu. But for us, they set the menu for the entire group. So we had, I don't know, some sort of roast beef uh, dish and potatoes. And, and it, was, it was fine. I liked it. The kids were definitely not into it. But yeah. Martha was not into it too much either. So yeah. Yeah. for me, I'll, I'll eat just about anything. I don't, I, I'm not eat, but the rest of them, they were, they were like, we'll I have to get something when we get back. I'm like, okay, we'll go find something later. <laughs> more pizza for dinner more, then? More yes. pizza. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, did I guess? Probably more like ice cream. It seemed like every time I turned around, I was buying ice cream. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Did you guys get up to anything that evening? Oh, well, yeah, that was in the, the Viking Museum ship was in the morning through lunch. Oh, then we went okay. to castles after that, Fredericksburg Castle and Kronborg Castle. Oh, cool. Um, and those were, that was a neat experience. The Kronborg Castle, they actually had a period actor uh, tell us the story of Hamlet while we were going through the castle, which is, yeah, know, well, they're saying that's where the original story came from. So, yeah. <laughs> I haven't verified the history on that, but I believe him. He seemed pretty convincing. He's supposed to be the king of Denmark, right? So, right. so I feel I like this. This sounds a lot like we are the home to the first cheeseburger in the U.S. You know, like there's like 20 restaurants out there that claim to be the home of the first cheeseburger. Well, or that, or like Juliet's Balcony in Verona in uh, Italy, right? Like there's all these, you know, or you know, the Little Mermaid statue, right? Like there's all these things that. You know, a lot. Of well, the usually, it's, usually it's caveated. We were the first people to make the cheeseburger with cheddar cheese in the United <laughs> States. <laughs> we were the first people to use to use grilled onions on a cheeseburger. So maybe it's maybe it's one of those situations. They are first. Yeah. 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 First cheeseburger in this town. <laughs> yeah, in this town. <laughs> Too funny. Nice, nice. <laughs> so yeah, what did you all get up to for dinner and that evening? Then after the castles. We did more pizza. Yeah, I think we did. We more did more pizza. pizza. That night. <laughs> yeah. So we, we were kind of zonked after that. I mean, it was a full day. We had been yeah. going since probably eight o'clock that morning. We got back to the hotel, probably six, mm-hmm. seven. And of course, it didn't get dark there until like 10 at night. <laughs> so right. Far day. north. So. That was a, yeah, another parental mistake on my part because usually we tell the kids it's dark, it's bedtime. Yeah. And like, it is not dark. I'm like, it's 1030. <laughs> you're going to bed. You're going to bed. I know it's I don't... daylight, but uh, <laughs> I know it's bright outside, but we're. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's as again, summer in Scandinavia, similar to summer in Seattle. 
it is light until very late at night. They're very far north. And so, yeah, it's like they get those sh- shorter days in the winter, but you get these really long, long days in the summer. Sounds beautiful, though. Did you guys get out for another walk? I mean, I, I love that you were able to do that on your own. It seems like... A- By the time we got done with dinner, it was already getting to be pretty late. Oh, yeah. We, we were packing because the next day was we left for the, the show. And the nice part of ABD, it's kind of like the cruise. You pack all your suitcases and then you leave it outside the room with the DCL luggage tags. And then they collect all the luggage and they put it on the bus so that, and, and they give it then to the porters at the cruise. So just be mindful that anything that you would need to get on the ship, please do not pack that in your suitcases. Yeah. Do you leave them out at night or in the morning? At night. We put them up at night. Yeah. Actually, that night we did the dinner at the oldest restaurant in Copenhagen. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it wasn't pizza that night. So they took us to the oldest restaurant in Copenhagen, and then we had dinner there. Oh, cool. And and met the current owner and all that stuff. And it was they had shut the old restaurant down, actually, for us. Wow. There's another one of those categories because we've eaten at the oldest Northern Indian restaurant in London. So there. That's funny. Uh, well, and I'm, I'm from Kentucky where they have the oldest continuously operating bourbon distillery as opposed to the oldest bourbon distillery. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you taste us to see which yes. one's better. Right. <laughs> yeah, the real question was, is the food good? I don't care how long you've been around. Is the food any good? Yeah. Well, there, the, actually, I'm glad you brought the food. There, the food, they had options that were super good and then others that were not so good. Martha did not like most of the food, but, uh, you know, obviously she can't, they had like four fish dishes that they served and obviously she can't have any of that, but then then nice ham dish and all that, that was nice. I think most of the restaurants, what they were known for is their seafood dishes. So yeah, I, and that's your allergy, right? My, my allergy is all seafood. Like I stopped breathing all seafood. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a ton of salted fish in yes. Northern Scandinavia. Yeah. 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 All right. So the next morning, well, you've already, you put your bags outside, you've gone to bed, you wake up the next morning. Is there any like goodbye thing for ABD or was that the night before? And then how, what's, what does the transfer to the port look like? The night before was kind of the big goodbye. This, the ones that were going elsewhere, I am assuming that they, they did transportation for them as well. We met at with the groups that were going on the cruise, we boarded a bus. Now this is where anyone that's been in ABD, your guys have the orange paddle of power. They have these little paddles that are bright orange that say adventures by Disney. And I feel like this was probably worth the cost of the ABD because when we got into the port of Copenhagen, it was a madhouse. It was raining. It was cold. Apparently the computers were not working. There were very long lines. People were not able to check in, but we just followed our little orange paddle and they walked us right up to someone who had a little laptop and got us right through security and we were on the ship. Yeah, I'm not sure the concierge folks were happy because we walked right by them. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what what led to this like special behind the scenes acts? Oh, it was ABD. Just the ABD. The orange paddle paddle of power is what Martha called it. I love that. I love that. Wow. And that's what yeah. they tell you when, when, well, you guys are about to do an ABD, I think, River. Yeah. Something, right. Yeah. So they'll tell you that just follow the paddle power and that'll, that'll guide <laughs> everywhere. And they always look in. Now, for a river cruise, is a little bit different, but for these, these group tours that are going around various places, they bookend you. They put one in front, one in the back. 
and wherever you go, they make sure we kind of all stay together along the way. So yeah, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I would have like I would totally understand the concierge folks being pissy about that. <laughs> I will say though. Hey, but we have we've had to sit there and watch back to back cruisers get oh, back sure, on. Oh, sure, of so course, no, of course, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family of the day gets to board always yeah. ahead of everyone. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> And this cruise, we were not concierge. And so our room was open, which as people know, like one thirty two. I mean, you don't get your room ready right away. And we got to our room and looked out on our veranda and there still was a very significant line of people waiting to Outside. get into the port. So I do yeah. think we had an, an amazing embarkation, but we were definitely in the minority. <laughs> we were, I think it was an hour and a half late leaving that port. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like they were a little overwhelmed with the size of the ship and just the whole production on check-in and all that. Because they've, of course, been to Copenhagen before, but with the magic, not with the dream. So you've got, you know, a significant amount m- additional passengers. And actually, if for folks who've listened to our show who that was just out with the Moral family on this same cruise itinerary, the check-in folks were actually like logged into the wrong passenger manifest. Like they were so when our friends went to check in and they gave their name and their reservation numbers, they couldn't find them in the system. And it was because they literally were logged into the wrong manifest, the wrong date. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So so I mean it may have been like everybody was, right? It may that's that those kinds of glitches though seem to happen more in foreign ports. You don't really expect them to happen in uh Port Canaveral, but All right. Well, let's talk about your cruise in general. We're going to really focus on the ports because obviously uh, in Europe, that's the star. Not to say that the dream isn't a a lovely ship, but you've sailed on the fantasy before. I know this was your first dream cruise because this was, as you mentioned, your Fab Five. I love it. But let's talk about the ports. uh, Your first port of call was in Kiel, Germany. And I understand this one was a bit of a flop. So I do want to hear about it and why it was a flop and what you had booked and all of that. This one was a flop. We did, this one was through Disney. We did the Enchanted Fairy Tale Castle. We knew it was going to be a long bus drive. I believe this is the first time that Disney's been to this port. And so there were not very many options to pick from. And we were in port a very short time. So I chose to do a port adventure just through Disney. Just I'd never been to that port before, and it made me just kind of feel a little bit safer that I knew the ship would not leave me if I was on a Disney excursion. So we knew it was going to be a long drive. Thankfully, we did pack electronics. I know people, not everybody was screen time, but we packed electronics, thankfully. the It's a safe space here. We rely on them in our daily life. So yeah, totally safe space. Yeah. And we were glad because it, it ended up taking us over two and a half hours to get to the castle. The guide, which we then learned, was not a guide. He was merely a chaperone to just a sheer presence on the bus. Wow. Just in case something happened. So it was two and a half, well, almost two, 45 minutes of just silence. No one talked. There was no music. There was nothing. There was no like video. They didn't even put on a movie or something. No video. Nothing. Yeah. It took a while. We then get to the port and our guide there was like, I've been waiting for an hour. Where have you been? I didn't drive the bus. I don't know what to tell you. If we can just get a restroom and get on with the tour at this point. And 
I mean, the tour, the castle, I was thinking was going to be a very historical castle. It's one that's used modern day now. Basically, they just took off one floor and you walked around that one floor. And a lot of it was, this is what would have been here, but you know, there was a war, so we don't have all our books. And wow, this is a room, but there was a fire. So this, you can look at a picture and see what it used to look like. It feels like you took a 45-minute bus ride to a dilapidated castle without a guide. Two hours and 45 minutes. Two hours and 45 minutes. Two hours and 45-minute bus ride to a dilapidated castle without a guide. Unbelievable. (laughs) The guy there. The guy there, yeah. Yeah, so the guy only worked like three hours, and then the rest of the time we were on the bus. Yeah, but you'd you'd expect someone to be on the bus kind of pointing out sights and things as you were going. And prepping you for what you're going to see and give you, you know, a bit of a talk and tell you about the country and about the agriculture and things like that. Yeah, I mean, that's normal, especially for a long bus ride. I'd be so curious to hear how this was described as a port adventure online. I'm going to go look it up. Yeah, and and nothing. So then, and we were supposed to have time for lunch on your own, but we were told by our guide because we were so late. She's like, you can walk to the food trucks, which now this being said, this port had a lot of, or this cruise had a lot of ports with different currencies. So we were hoping we could use our credit cards. Credit cards are not. Oh God. Widely used in Kill Germany. None of the places we stopped would take credit cards. Oh my and God. I don't think we would have had time for food anyway. I think maybe one family had some euros and got something out of a food truck and then they yeah. ate it on the bus. Yeah. So when we got back, then that's another over two, almost three hours, which this is where it then went south because now you, well, I'm going to call out mamas. If we are hungry and tired and our kids are not happy, it is not a good day. So that's about where I was. And then I hear my oldest grab my youngest and say, Look away, look away. And she, he's covering his face. I'm like, get off your brother, hands off each other. What are you doing? And I happen to then look up and we are driving through the red light district. <laughs> Not with words, like very, very understandable photos yeah. that my 10 year old had lots of questions at dinner that we did not want to handle <laughs> on a Disney cruise. Oh my God! Like, no. So we've been on we've been on like thirty different uh, port adventures with Disney, and this is the only time we ever complained about a port adventure. Yeah. And we brought up the Red Light District, and the guy was like, "You know, I thought the same thing when I rode through there." And I'm like, "So you've ridden through there, and you still thought it was a good idea?" Yeah. <laughs> you got to be kidding me! Now, we when we talked to them, they they said, "Well." You know, when we sent smaller ships here, we could go to a port that's closer and the drive distance was only an hour and 45 minutes. So it was a, it was a lot closer. And I'm like, well, then you should modify your time. Yeah. yeah. If at a very minimum pack a box lunch for your guests, because it was not a cheap port adventure on top of it. We paid between five of us like $1,000 to go on this port adventure. Yeah. And there, and we really only had three hours of, you know, touring and all that stuff. And I, I'm like, so for that, and no food and no food for that many hours, you can pack lunch for everybody and, and at least, or make sure that there's some sort of provision available more than 15 minutes of running to the next square and heading up a food truck after you find an ATM to get some euros. So we, we were not super excited. The castle, it's not dilapidated, but, the floors that they took us to, they moder- They basically have redone them and 
and in the original decor, but they act they actually act actively use that building for their Senate and all that stuff. So there's actual political use for that castle. It's interesting. So I'm looking at the I'm assuming this is the Enchanted Schwerin and its fairy tale castle tour. Not so very- it does <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's, it says it's a two hour and 15 minute ride. So there you go. I mean, you 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 had a half hour delay, it sounds like, which is also mentioned. Longer. Yeah, because they mentioned you get a 20 minute ride from the castle to city center on a trolley train, which it sounds like did not happen. Well, we did. We did ride the trolley. They kind of okay. rammed it in. They're like, okay, we only have 30 minutes. Let's jump on here. And we drove around real quick and for 15 minutes and then we hopped off. I'm like, okay. So we got to see a little bit there. They they actually, Brian, they changed that time after we uh, complained to them. They said, well, we'll have to update the times. It was two, I think two hours. Yeah. Ago. So they yeah. they had two hours listed. They changed it to 15. They should have changed it to at least two and a half or 245. But Well, yeah. what's really funny from the description here is it mentions nothing about time to eat. It mentions you have 45 minutes of free time for independent exploration. So they must have like, you know, updated that. But then... In the know before you go, which is usually where you get all the good detail, it says that you should bring currency, although it also notes credit cards, which you said were problematic, to purchase extras such as souvenirs or snacks. So I don't know how Disney thinks that you can do what is listed as an eight-hour shore excursion without carving out time for lunch. That's that's yeah. unthinkable. Well, or why don't they tell you pack or your grab and what do they call them? The Uncrustables, right? Because one of the things that people... Just this is a great, I think, tip, actually... On board Disney Cruises, they tend to have Uncrustables, which are those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You can actually order them to room service or through room service. Or if you're in concierge, you can get them from your concierge host in the lounge. Sorry, I think Howie's right here because like, what if you have a peanut allergy? You can't have an Uncrustable. Like they should provide a box lunch. Agreed. Agreed. They should provide a box lunch. But I'm saying barring that, at least tell people, because like the only thing pretty much on board that's available that is comes pre-packaged that you can take off of the ship without violating, you know, international law is those Uncrustables. Because everything else on the ship is not really pre-packaged. Except we did find at breakfast... Cereal boxes. Cereal boxes. Oh, good yeah. point. That's we, a great... Those are sealed, yeah. We filled Martha's backpack with cereal boxes, so the kids chowed on cereal all the way back. So... So at least but they had something, yeah. We, unfortunately, every day we're like, okay, let's just grab a bunch of cereal boxes just in case, and then they'll at least be able to snack on that until we get to the show. And so that saved us, you know, at least twice during the port adventures here. We got to move on to the next port because we'll be here all day, and you know, I can always critique Disney Cruise Line, but yeah. it super sounds like they needed to rethink their port excursions for this stop, recognizing that a larger ship is going into a different place, which does not open the possibility for all the excursions that they used to do. Like that, it just sounds like there was not a good amount of pre-planning or like a test party that went in and said, okay, let's see experience like now that we're here. That is not an experience that Disney would support. What's, what's really interesting to me though, is even after the feedback and the experience on this shore excursion, they're still offering it. They don't seem to have real. I mean, they've updated two hour and fifteen minutes. You've said it was two forty five, so it's still not fully accurate. And they're not accounting for lunch on eight hour shorts. If I read that now, I'd be like, "No way am I doing that short excursion." Well, so, we assume it, it said we had like an hour of free time. I'm like, surely I can find an ATM or someplace to take a credit card to get some. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. We had, we had fifteen minutes. <laughs> I mean, 
So what's next up in terms of port stops here after we, we leave this minor debacle of a port and uh, a shore excursion? The next port was um, Stockholm, Sweden. And we had friends that they booked a private tour and included us into that. And that was phenomenal. Private tour through Disney or through a third party? Through third a third party. party. I believe it was Nordic Experience was the group. I feel like folks have mentioned that name before when we've talked about some of the private party shore excursions. So yeah. And so met you at the dock and everything was great. Like what kind of... How long was it? What did you get to see? And I guess maybe one important question up front. Did they did they have any sort of guarantee return to ship? Yes. And I mean, she actually... Now, I don't know... We didn't book it. So I don't know if there was an in-writing guarantee. But our guide, like she looked at her phone probably every 30 minutes and would ask like, when's the onboard time? Okay. All right. We're good. When's the onboard time again? Okay. We're good. So I felt very confident that she was going to do everything in her power to get us to the ship on time. Yeah. There, there is no other nail biter that we've experienced. And when we decided to take a non-Disney Shore excursion in Ensenada out to see the blowhole there and we hit traffic on the way back and <laughs> like, are we going to make it back to the ship? On, like that, that was a nail biter. To be fair, we made it back to the ship with plenty of time, but I totally missed a massage. I had to actually, they actually automatically rescheduled my massage when they saw that I wasn't back on the ship. That was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't. And to be fair, we could have gotten from Ensenada to San Diego in, you know, like four hours or something crazy. <laughs> so like if, if all, everything went wrong, we would have been back uh, in San Diego. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how was the excursion? I, it was one of my favorite, actually. I, I, if you can afford a private tour, it's expensive. But there was, a, I mean, there was what nine of us total, so it really wasn't bad considering how many of us did the tour. The driver picked us up at the port. The tour guide wasn't there, but he was he was fine. He was very engaging. Drove us into Stockholm, and we picked up the tour guide there, and she was lovely. So we did a walking tour of Stockholm initially. So a lot of the, the government buildings, initially we did the Outdoor Museum, Skansen. We did the Vasa Museum. So we packed in a lot of stuff and what, six, seven hours, something like that. So. And very open communication. So like when we were at the Outdoor Museum, which is a massive, massive location, we kind of were able to say, you know, we're really excited about the Vasa Museum. We kind of want more time there. Can we cut this a little bit short? so that we have more time there. And they were very accommodating and saying, absolutely, let's do that. And they knew that we had kids. And so she started off like, when would be a good time for us to do lunch? Let's make sure that we work that in. Very accommodating. Yeah, definitely worth worth the price. She actually, when we went to lunch, she ordered lunch too. We all sat there, we just talked and and she was talking to us about the culture in Stockholm. And, and she's a international interpreter, I think, for one of the government agencies there. So oh, she cool. was super knowledgeable about each of the places. Right after that, I was like, we need to come back here and spend three days. I mean, it's, yeah. it's one of those places that you just don't have enough time to see everything that you want to. Um, during the walking tour, you're like, man, that'd be a nice building to go into, but it, we only have a few hours here. So yeah. uh, that's definitely on the, the list of places to go back and spend some time. Mm -hmm. 
Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode now you said there were nine of you so was there another family with you all yeah yeah it was us five and then they had four in their group with a husband wife and their two children so and she is she's a travel agent friend of ours she actually books a lot of our stuff for us so awesome nice you know, I just, I want to pause and say, I will encourage folks, if you're experiencing a new city, whether with Disney Cruise Line or just, you know, going on a land-based tour or whatever it is, I do think it's really a good idea to look at sites like TripAdvisor or Viator for these private tours. You would be surprised, especially when you talk comparing like a Disney Cruise Line excursion to an all-day private tour or a half-day private tour in some of these cities, you will be surprised at how affordable they actually are. And the experiences are so tailored to your group. So like Sam and I did a black cab private tour in London one time. And it was amazing because, you know, he was driving us all over the city. He would stop at sites and ask if we wanted to go in. And if, if we were like, no, we've seen it before. Like we don't need to go into the site. Then he'd say, great, that's more time at the end for me to take you to some lesser known places. Or I will frequently, because we go to New York a lot, look on TripAdvisor for very unique private tours. So we've done like a hip hop tour of uh, the Bronx. We've done a graffiti tour of the skyline. All were very affordable. All were very fun. All were small group tours. And, you know, just gave us a sense of uh, the city that we visited many times from a different angle. So I I just highly encourage, like, take a look. It could be worth your time to take a look. And, you know, if you feel comfortable doing it, I think it's a a really fun way to find some unique things in a city. So So what's next? Where do we head next? So our next day was our sea day. We did Palo Brunch, which that's a, that's a, it's a short excursion tour of food yes it was amazing yeah we had a day before stockholm as well and we did remy brunch that day so oh nice let's pause there for a second we don't have a lot of people we were just commenting on a show that we released i think today as we're recording the show that went out today because we had a couple that went to remy dinner and we commented we have a lot of people come on and talk about palo dinner a lot of people talk about palo brunch we've talked about remy ad nauseum but we don't get a lot of guests who do a Remy dinner or a Remy brunch. Remy brunch is like, I feel like the least known food option on Disney Cruise Line that we've covered on this show. We've done it before. We've done an Enchante brunch before, but what did you all think about Remy brunch? It's a pretty unique experience. I think for someone that I would not say that I am a foodie. I mean, I love some McDonald's French fries. So (laughs) listen, I love me some McDonald's French fries too, Martha. I mean, like I I also love like a fine dining meal, but I'm very happy with McDonald's French fries. Show me a foodie who says they don't like McDonald's French fries and I'll show you a liar. But yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. So I think it's a good, if you want to try something, but you don't want to pay. I mean, we have done Victorian Alberts and it was phenomenal, but that, that hurt my budget bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that was a hardship budget. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a well. good way to try that level of food and not have to pay the price of like a Michelin star restaurant. I will give a little tip. When we book our stuff on our Port Adventures or our Palo Brunch, I take a screenshot on my phone because it tells you the price. Mm -hmm. So our Palo Brunch, the price was fine. They The price had gone up after we booked it. She started the meal with saying, we know the prices have gone up. We will honor whatever price you paid. And that was They have not done that on our sailings of late. We have booked several Palo Brunches that have the little notation of $45 in them. And I've I've just decided I'm not going to quibble with you over the five dollars per person, but and it didn't matter because it, they ended up being our free meal at 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 Palo anyway at, yeah. for our platinum, so it wasn't actually an issue for us. We didn't need them to adjust because yeah. we were getting it for free. That well, except anyway. ex- except the part that frustrated me is if you're giving me the free brunch at forty five dollars, and then I'm having dinner later in the cruise, and you're going to charge me fifty. I'd rather you give me the freebie at the fifty, and I'll pay yeah. the forty five. Like, They're not that's going just, to. That's it just doesn't. Me. But it, anyway. anyway, but yeah. So k- keep keep going, Martha. I want to hear about this Remy brunch. So so Paolo, they honored it. Remy, we get the check, and I think I am not a math scholar, but that doesn't look right at all. And so we call over and they're like, yeah, the prices went up. And I'm like, yeah, by $5, this is way more than $50. Like buy a lot. Oh, interesting. And <laughs> it took us three times to ask for the manager before they finally said, well, that's because we charged you the dinner price. I'm like, well, it's 11 a.m. Yeah. Well, why are they told you, told you? It's brunch. It's <laughs> Where's my Wagyu beef? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, they, so they screwed up the ringing you up as they ring. Yeah. Oh, well, it's good you noticed that because yeah. that would be, I mean, it's not that they just, it's not that they charge you the, the new price versus the old price. It's that yeah. they rung you up completely wrong, which means they probably rung up other people wrong. Yeah. By the time we yeah. got it corrected, we were the only people left in Remy because yeah. I was like, if again, if it was $5, I have better things to do. I'm going to go see a show. But yeah. for those that have looked at Remy, there's a big price jump from brunch to dinner. And you get a lot more courses. That's the real, the, the real thing is you, brunch is a much shorter meal. Dinner is a much longer meal. And so it makes sense that there's a, a significant difference in price. But yeah, it is a big jump, as you mentioned. Plus, they got to cover the cost of those colettes they're mixing pre-dinner. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's that. <laughs> but how, how, yes, how was the food experience? I mean, my, my take on Remy Brunch is the food is good, but the champagne that they pair with the food is kind of the star of the, the, star of the show. You gotta make I, I don't know how you felt. Champagne. Yeah, you got to make sure you do the champagne pairing. And that's, that's more than the meal. So you prepare. Yes. The, to know ahead of time, yes, you're getting a Michelin type meal, but you really are going to pay three times the amount for the the premier champagne pairing. So yeah, but that was that was fantastic. We decided to do champagne pairing. It was it was awesome. It was a great opportunity mm-hmm. to try a lot of champagnes that we haven't really ventured out to try before. And they accommodated my allergies. They actually called into the room the the day before. Just to confirm what exactly, when you say you're allergic, like what it, what is that? And because I am all seafood. So even certain butters and Remy, I could not oh. have because they use like an anchovy to make it salty. Oh, yeah. An anchovy paste. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Well, and they want to know like what level because of the cross-contamination issue, right? Because they can serve you something that doesn't have fish in it, but they also have to make sure that they aren't cross-contaminating with their gloves and things like that. Because if it's somebody who just has a preference, they don't like seafood, they don't eat fish, that's very different than accommodating somebody who actually has a food allergy where they're going to go into anaphylactic shock, right? So I do think that they ask those questions for good reason. And, you know, it it might be annoying if, you know, to be asked the questions. I think in general, it's probably feel it probably probably makes you feel more confident about eating there when they ask you the questions, Martha. But yeah, the food was very good. It's fun. Like to me, Remy is fun. I get to try things that I would not order anywhere else. I get to try a level of, I mean, we have three children. I am not taking my children to this type of restaurant. So the fact that it is fine dining is a lot of fun. But for me, I'm still hungry at the end. Like Palo, roll me out of the room. I am stuffed. But the food was very, very good. Interesting. I think if you did dinner at Remy, you wouldn't feel the same way because the more courses it, yeah. But yeah, it is, it is smaller portions because it, that's, yeah, the way fine dining goes. I also like to stuff myself with bread because I think the bread there is awesome. So that's a pro tip. If you want to be more full with the brunch, just eat more of the bread because it's delicious. Now, I know Thomas is only 17, but is he looking forward to when he turns 18 and he can come to Apollo with you all? We already have our next cruise booked. And that was like his first question was, did you book? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) And this was, and I will say when we started Disney, he was an Oceaneers kid and this was his last cruise in Vibe. So he has gone through all the kids clubs. So we did take one little photo of him next to the vibe sign as he has graduated out of the Disney Kids Club. Oh my God, that's so Eight, cute. I love 1820 that. 1820 Society, I guess now. Is that what's up? Yeah. yeah. Of course, he's been sneaking into the bars for a while to do the trivia game. For the trivia. <laughs> for the trivia. We were on one <laughs> sailing where the cast member just kept um, saying, uh, you kids, you can't play this trivia. It's adult trivia. They were singing Keg and Compass. I'm like, well, who cares? <laughs> it's who cares, trivia. right? Like, they're not drinking. Like, they're just what they have a trivia. of beer in front of them that I can't see? <laughs> Especially because those those venues during the day are not adults only all the time, right? It's just during the, the, the adult only right. games, And all the right? dreams, so, that bar had all the pictures of the dream being built. So Thomas really wanted to go uh, in and take pictures of all those and everything He's like, I'm not sure I'm allowed to. I'm like, I'll take you. So we took them through and then they were doing trivia. I'm like, let's sit down and do trivia. And then I'm like, oh, now nice. just come and do trivia. If they kick you out, they kick you out. If not. Exactly. And honestly, when they're close in age, I think, you know, when they're close to 18, I'm not sure they even really notice yeah. that. I mean, we were not yeah. trying to sneak in the 10 year old. Like he was in two <laughs> 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 months shy of a birthday. Just. Just put a draw a fake mustache on him, give him a, a you know, a driving cap. You know what? If a ten year old can come in and win one of these trivia's, I want to see it. I don't want him to ban it. I want to see it, and they get a medal because I can't win these yeah. trivia's, and I'm over forty. So, <laughs> yeah. so your your next port was Fredericia, Denmark. Tell us what did you get up to there? That one was interesting. We one of the things we were excited about on this cruise was that we could go to the Lego house because that's actually listed as a possible excursion on the website. I'm assuming mm-hmm. we were not in port long enough because when 
it came time to log in to choose port adventures. That was not an option. And I, I was very disappointed. My kids were very disappointed. I just picked this castle. I'm go for it. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. Agoscov uh, Castle, I guess. I don't, I'm not sure how to say it, but, but it was a lot of fun. We, we actually thought about canceling this, this excursion after the issues we had in Kiel. And then we, we decided, well, we'll still try it. And the kids had a ball. I mean, I'm it so was, glad that we didn't cancel this one. It was their favorite port of the whole cruise. They had the best time. This castle was amazing. The tour guide was amazing. But what we didn't even really realize is there was a huge vintage car and motor, motorcycle museum attached to it. They had hedge mazes. They had gardens. They had this massive park with playground. The kids could jump on like these trampoline things in the ground. They could swing on swings. There was like bridges up in the trees. They could walk across. We, I mean, it was just fun. We, it was just like a family fun day with like a castle in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. That sounds awesome. Wow. I love that. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get to go to the Lego house. That would have been exciting too. Unfortunately, our friends went to the Lego house while we were doing the ABD. They flew in a day early, went to the Lego house and we're like, okay, go shopping for <laughs> us. Here's the credit card. So they, yeah. they ended up getting us like, I don't know, three, four hundred dollars worth of Legos in the problem. Wow. Oh my goodness. So, because they have well, they have Lego nice. sets there that you can only buy there for that are like Oh yeah. So we're like, get one of each and uh, we'll pay you back. So, but I think the kids were just fine. I think they would have enjoyed Lego House, but I think they enjoyed this just as mm-hmm. plus they gave them a release. They got to play and just be kids for a little bit. Nice. Nice. I love that. All right. So is next up the port stop of Doom? Yes. Now, this was one, again, out of five, I was the lone bee because I love anything Viking ship. I mean, in college, I took a maritime history course. I was in heaven. It poured rain. It was the weather was horrific. And my kids were like, if mom takes us to look at one more boat, (laughs) I... I am going to swim back to the ship ourselves. So, the, I mean, the weather was bad. Considering we were in Northern Europe for a seven-night cruise, it really was the only truly bad, bad day of weather. Our guide, you know, on the ABD said that kind of the local saying is, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. So we kind of, by that point, had gotten used to just everyone take layers pack a poncho in a book bag, get ready to get wet. It kind of is what it is. We did not anticipate like horrific rainstorm kind of weather all day long. So they did not have the best time. I do think it was a good port adventure. The museums are fun. I think if you ever hit a good weather day, it would have been a good, it would have been a good tour. But I mean, the weather, we just, you just got hit with a bad, bad day. But my favorite part of that tour was because the weather was bad, we kind of cut it a little short because everyone was over it. No one's walking around shopping. We just want to get under dry, back on dry covering. So the bus driver actually works at the local school. And so he's like, well, I'll just take you a different way. And I'll just tell you about like what it's like living here, which I was like, thank you. That's, that's what we love. Local culture. Tell us. And it was amazing. He was the, just took us this back way in, showed us different like parts of the town. The fact that he could drive a bus on these streets was 
It was like, pretty impressive. It yeah. was hold your breath, but it was impressive. It was amazing. And then by the time we got back, like the whole town came out to see the ship leave. And they had local people singing. They had the band. It was the coolest port. I mean, everyone was just happy to see us. I think that was Federicia, but Oslo. Oh, Oslo. Yep. So Federicia is one that had all the people like sending us off and it was like a big party. Um, but Oslo, it was raining so much. Nobody oh. would have come out. Yeah, Oslo, we went to three different maritime museums and they were all side by side and you got drenched every time you went to a different museum. But it was it was neat seeing all the, the maritime history of, of Norway and getting to experience all that. But yeah, the kids were pretty miserable from uh, all the rain. That's for sure. And then we ran into one one little girl and her sister. She went, They weren't on a tour. They came by themselves. Or I don't even know if they had any family with them. And she, they ended up losing their ship card. ship card. And they're like, what do we do? I'm like, well, go find this person. She's one of the Disney cast members that came along the, with us on the tour. And she should be able to help you. So we kind of hopefully help them avert disaster there in the process. But even people that you know, weren't on excursions, because this one booked up, I think this Port Adventure sold out. So people went to these museums kind of on their own to check them out. Unfortunate that the weather was as bad as it was. And we heard from some other guests who were on your sailing with you that it was bad. <laughs> it was very bad. Yeah. I think somebody said it was like the worst storm that they've had in like a decade or something. <laughs> so. Well, Not a great day to be in port. The ship was definitely rocking that whole evening and into the next day. So if you get motion sickness, that's probably... You felt some movement anyway. Northern Europe's a little bit different when you're in the Baltic compared to the Mediterranean. So you will feel feel the ship move quite a bit more. But that night, you definitely felt it rocking back and forth as we were headed back to Copenhagen. So my tip is take the coat, take the hangers down from the closet. Yeah, because they'll sit there and rattle all night if you don't have clothes on. And we had already yeah. packed, yeah, because we were leaving the next day. Yeah, we do. We always do that on DCL on the last night. We try to remember take the coat, take all the hangers down in the closet because without your, as you said, without clothes on them, they rattle. Even in the Caribbean, like they rattle enough yeah. just from the movement yeah. of the ship that it's really quite noisy when they don't have when they don't have clothes hanging on them. But yeah, good tip. Well, it sounds like it, a pretty great itinerary, you know, setting aside the first ex- excursion you had that was kind of a fail and the last day that was just a weather, you know, a weather fail, but still sounds like a great trip. And of course, sounds like a fantastic short escape prior to the cruise. I definitely want to hear any highlights from the onboard experience. I know you all had the the new deck party, the co- color change or something like that deck party. I can't remember what it's That called. was probably the weirdest night as far as onboard entertainment because yeah, it was not really pirate night, but we had like Captain Hook and like the characters were yeah. pirate. And it wasn't really frozen night, but our menu was the frozen night menu. Ah. And it <laughs> wasn't really a truly deck party because it was the new color night party, which was yeah. just, it was okay. I mean, it certainly does not take the place of like the frozen deck party or the pirate net. I mean, it looked like they were trying something new. It was okay. The execution was off a little bit. Yeah. 
<laughs> it sounds like it was like more of a dance party well, than anything. Probably yeah. more of an accurate experience, but or a description of it. So, I mean, this this cruise felt a little bit different as far as the onboard experience. You know, our our wait staff was lovely. Let me start with that. However, uh, they were not the most experienced, and they did not anticipate your needs. They they basically waited until you asked for everything. This is the yeah. first time in a long time we've had that kind of experience. They were super delightful, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you know, you think by night three or four, they would know what your normal drinks are. And like yep. most most wait staff would have your drinks on the table by the time you come in. This time Right. And if you want something different, then they'll bring you that as a second drink, right? Like, I mean, most that's how it should be, I think. I mean, that is what we've kind of come to expect, not on a three-night cruise, because as you mentioned, it's not really enough time for them to get to know if that's a pattern for you. But on a seven-night cruise, yeah, by night three, I think they should sort of yeah. have at least whatever you've ordered the first two nights there for exactly. you. Yeah. Like, I mean, for us, like, I couldn't tell if they had gotten more tables than they were used to. Like, you know, is it a short staffing and maybe they just had more tables than they typically have? Or if they were just newer to to that level, I don't know. But it was kind of strange. Was, like our assistant server was MIA, like a lot. And I, I don't know if that's because they've eliminated some staffing and now they have to pick up the slack there. It just seemed odd. I'm like, oh, where's their assistant server, you know? Like gone yeah. and um, gone for long periods of time. And it wasn't just our table. Some other folks noticed the same thing with their tables as well. So mm. I don't know. It seems like they made some staffing adjustments that aren't flying uh, very well. Yeah. It could also be that there are some folks who are out ill. Like I think the first night of our most recent cruise, uh, we were dining in Palo, but our table mates said that like they had one assistant server and then the next night we showed up, it was a different assistant server. And then the night after that, we showed up and it was the original assistant server. So like we were positing that maybe the assistant server wasn't feeling well one night or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, we had the same guys the whole time. Now, our our server, one night he was sick and they had an assistant server actually stand in for him. I was like, okay, that, oh, wow. that was kind of odd. And she actually was phenomenal. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like her back. Yeah, yeah. She did lovely. Jumping in at the last minute, but you know, it just felt different. And maybe it's because we've been on so many cruises, we kind of expect certain things to happen, and it wasn't happening. Like usually, where Martha has a severe seafood allergy, they would always have her order the next meal the night before. Mm-hmm. This time, that never happened. They even oh, have her order the same same day as we did. I mean, at the same time. So I'm like, well, that's kind of strange, you know, usually prepping yeah. food completely separate ahead of time. So it's ready to come out with guaranteed no cross-contamination. So. Well, I get, I take it you didn't get it, have any anaphylactic shock. So it turned out okay, but that is a little She's worrisome. I'm, I'm with you, Howie, on that. She survived. She survived. She survived. All right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, I, I do want to ask one question about food sort of overall which is, you know, were, did you notice any differences in the food, I don't know, deck food or the main dining food? Because we know that they provision from different sources, obviously, in Europe. And so there sometimes can be a little inconsistency between the food and even the drinks and things like that that you get on board 
when you're sailing in Europe versus sailing in the United States or near the United States? I mean, for me, the the pool food tasted the same. Like I, I mean, like the chicken fingers, the pizza up at Cabana's, everything tasted the same. I don't know why we can't have churro Mickey waffles every day, but you know, that's it. <laughs> me. I mean, the food was good. As far as the main dining, this was probably the first cruise that I had wished Cabana's was open for dinner. Yeah. Mm. No, interesting. You know, because I can't have seafood usually. I get the steak. It just it was like a poor cut. It, it was, you know, mm. the ch- it just it just didn't taste like the. I know it's not going to be the Palo or the Remy level of steak. Sure. But normally, I eat at the main dining. We don't usually miss those. We usually do brunches, and I don't have an issue with any of the food. And this one, even the kids, like they usually would get the kids steak. They were just like, we'll just get a burger when Cabana's opens back up. I mean, it's just... Oh, wow. So the quality, the quality was not, was not yeah. there. I mean, at one point, I looked over at Howard and he was sucking on a lemon. I'm like, what are you doing? He's trying to get the taste <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, oh, my wow. God. Wow. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. like, they didn't have all the key ingredients for a lot of the sauces they do. And the, the meats were not mm-hmm. as... They had the same quality that they normally, normally have. Yeah. And we didn't... I didn't think anything of it. I didn't realize that Northern Europe would be that much more difficult to source all that stuff. But yeah, well, I don't think it's necessarily Northern Europe, but I think it's that they've run out of anything they provisioned in the U.S. and so then they're provisioning purely from Europe, right? And the food is different, right? The and and I don't think their provisioning sources are quite as good as they are. They've got their sort of standard folks that they go to in the US. And I, that's, that's just my impression. I don't know. I don't have any inside information. This is just what I'm gathering. I think you're right. The head server came by multiple times. He's like, you can tell me if you don't like it. I'm like, it's not my favorite. And yeah, and I probably told that to him three times and multiple times. Yeah. In seven half the food days. on my plate. Be like, okay, that's all I'm going to eat. And I, we don't like to complain. I mean, we really don't. And so he would even come over and he would say, I promise you are not the first person. I'm like, okay, but it wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. I mean, well, it's, it didn't stop us from booking three more cruises. So <laughs> yeah. but, you know, that's what I was going to ask is it, it sounded like this cruise had more bumps in the road than what you would expect from a Disney cruise. And so I was sort of curious that the, you know, <laughs> Not to harken back to the discussion we were just having, but the taste it left in your mouth for Disney Cruise Line, you know, after the sailing. And so, yeah, I would, I, it, it, yeah, go ahead. No, I, sorry, I would say if this was our first cruise, if this is the first time we ever did Disney, I would take pause before booking another one only because the price point of Disney is so much higher. It would probably make, I would probably think before I would book another one. Overall, it was great. The kids had a good time. Any cruise is better than being at home and working. So it was great, but it probably would make me think, what am I paying an extra premium price for? That being said, we have done a lot of cruises. And this is the first time, like this is the first time I've ever gone to wash our clothes. And Howard came back and I was like, it is like Hunger Games in there. Like people were taking clothes out of the washer when they were still dripping wet to the point cast members had to be called to mop up the floor. It was a lot of little things that I just knew that this is this is an outlier. This is not a typical experience. I think sheer statistics, you can't have winners all the time. It probably was not our favorite cruise of all the cruises we have been on. I just think we just happened to hit a a bumpy one. It's unfortunate, but I'm glad it did not completely diminish your love of Disney Cruise Line. 
Uh, and hopefully the next sailing goes a little bit better uh, than this one or a lot better than this one, hopefully. But I think we have reached that point in our show where I need to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment, or the round we know as rapid fire. So Sam, you want to take it away? Absolutely. Okay, we're going to do rapid fire a little bit differently because you guys did our classic rapid fire the last time around. So I'm not going to ask you your favorite characters and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to ask you some favorites from this trip, both the ABD side as well as the Disney Cruise side. Okay, so let's start with the ABD side of things. What was your favorite activity or site that you got to do during your ABD short escape in Copenhagen? My favorite was the so-called oldest roller coaster in Tivoli Gardens. It actually, it doesn't even have like a regular break. There's a person that sits in the middle and it's a handbrake. And so like that, you hope he holds on really tight and and stops us. So he controls your speed the whole time. So (laughs) it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah, I think Tivoli Gardens was definitely the highlight uh, for us. I mean, all the other stuff was great, too. I would have been disappointed if we didn't do the walking tour and see the colored buildings and all that stuff. But riding the old roller coaster with the dude standing there, and then he'd sit down when he'd do a big dip, and then he'd stand back up. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, you have a lap bar for me, and you have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing. Wow, that's so, crazy. I mean, it was it was definitely fun, and you know, our oldest rode, but the younger two did not. They don't like roller coasters. Well, we we just uh. had a ball. So I sat with one of the ABD guides, and and Martha and our oldest rode right behind us, and we just we just had a great time with that. So I have to. I love it. Awesome. Okay, so now you've done two short escapes. Which one is better, Rome or Copenhagen? Howie, we're going to start with you. Definitely Rome. One, they were, you know, I don't know why it felt like they were more engaged with the younger kids in Rome, but Mm -hmm. they definitely were more engaged. They kind of involved them. Even the, you know, when you do these international ABDs, they usually have a local guide come with you. And even the local guide was engaging with the kids and would do sword fights with the kids and all this stuff. And, and not really swords, they would get the, the battle of right. power Orange. battles and they were, they were just having a good time. So I just felt like they did more stuff for the kids with Rome. And with that said, the sites with Rome are more familiar. And so you felt an instant connection to all those sites. Whereas, you know, the Viking ships was a big thing for us on the other one. But when you got outside of that, there was only one or two things that you really weren't familiar with, which was good. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. We just had more of an instant connection in Rome. Yeah. Martha, same question. Definitely Rome. As much as I love everything Viking, watching my kids in Rome, like just truly immersed into the history and watching them get engaged. And they just love that one more, which just makes my trip better. And it could be right. that we're more familiar with those landmarks, but, and it's pizza and pasta and red. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think food probably plays in a little bit too, right? But I, but I think you're right. The familiarity with the sites probably is, is a big part of it. All right. Favorite port on this cruise? Martha, we'll start with you. Federicia, the, the castle was just amazing. And it was just, it was nice to actually be on a very busy port adventure where you actually could sit and kids just play mm-hmm. and be kids and, everyone have a good time. There was like something literally for everyone there. 
Yeah. How yeah, I'm kind of torn. Stockholm was awesome. The experience we had there with the private tour guide was probably made that whole sort of excursion for us, Port Adventure, or non-Disney Port Adventure, I should say. But Federico, that was that was unique. You know, I've never been to a port where so many locals came down to the port to send you off. There were literally, oh, that's I, yeah. if I had to guess, a couple thousand people that came to see the ship off. And you had a band playing and it just very festive and engaging. And it was it was really quite something to experience. All right. Now I've got to ask you, now you've been on the Disney Dream. So I imagine you saw the, some of the stage shows on the Disney Dream. Please tell me. Okay, you're nodding yes. So I need to re-ask you this question. What is your favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show? I don't know. I'm good. I'll let Martha go first on this. I got to think of all right, Martha. Beauty and the Beast was pretty yeah. awesome. I would <laughs> Mother Gothel untangled, like her voice. Yes, she's amazing. Like, was yes. just amazing. So if you take her out of it, then like it's Beauty and the Beast. So, but like with her, it's like <laughs> so close second. But just the puppeteering and just everything of it was amazing. They did a, they did a really, really good job. Yeah, I was really torn between those two. Uh, it's hard to pick because Tangled was so good. Um, yeah, I, I guess I do have to agree. Beauty and the Beast probably wins out. Of- there you go. See, once every, once you see it, you have to admit it's the best. I'm not saying Tangled, Tangled is wonderful. Frozen is wonderful. But honestly, once you've seen Beauty and the Beast, yeah. it's, you know, you're done. You're done. Okay. Med Cruise versus Northern Europe Cruise. I think I know the answer to this question, but Howie, we'll start with you. Yeah. I mean, I- I'd have to say Med Cruise. When we started talking about our European cruises, we originally knew we wanted to do a Mediterranean and then Northern European. Northern European was high on the list because at the time they were still sailing to St. Petersburg and I really wanted to go to St. Petersburg, but they kind of screwed that up with the whole Ukrainian thing. But yeah, Yeah. I I shouldn't (laughs) say that. Y'all may want to order that out. (laughs) You know, but yeah, Mediterranean at this point. If they ever add St. Petersburg back or they can, then, you know, I definitely would have to go back and do another Northern European experience. Yeah. And Martha, you you agree. Hands down. Mediterranean. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask you the last question now. Now that you've done, you've done the Med, you've done Northern Europe, you've done some really great itineraries. What is now your bucket list cruise? Where do you want to go? anywhere in the world on Disney Cruise Line. Martha, let's start with you. I would love to do a transatlantic with the caveat, I really want to be concierge. <laughs> now that many days at sea, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Howie? I'm going to call an audible on this one. I, w- I want to do the fly around the world thing. I think that thing. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. You can, yeah, you can pick that. Yeah. I think that uh, yeah, the I can't, around the I can't world, begrudge that answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the around the world with ABD, that does sound pretty amazing. Yeah, we were very jealous of Ben. At least until Disney partners up with SpaceX or somebody and offers like <laughs> the real world Space Mountain experience. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks for playing, you guys. I'm so happy to hear that you now have the right answer <laughs> for my Disney Cruise Line stage show <laughs> question. And despite some bumps in the road, I'm glad you all had a nice vacation, especially your time at Tivoli Garden. Sounds like that's a highlight. That's something that I definitely, or that's a place I definitely want to go in the future. Yeah, I would recommend staying. There's a hotel right at Tivoli Garden. I would stay right there because then you can go and come as you want throughout the day. And it's a little more central to everything else. So 
if you're going on your own, that's where I would book. I wouldn't, uh, personally, I would not book at Tivoli Hotel next time. Martha Howie, we were so excited to have you back on the show. Again, sorry to hear this experience was not the one that you would normally expect from Disney Cruise Line, but we appreciate you sharing the honest review with us nonetheless. That's something we strive for in the show is to be honest about our reviews of Disney Cruise Line. So we appreciate that. And glad to hear you've still got the love of Disney and Disney Cruise Line brewing in there. So can't wait to hear about your next amazing Disney adventure. And with that, I'll just say thanks again for coming on and sharing your experience with all of our listeners out there. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. <laughs>